Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast, home of the Zarek Valentine fan club, all things ZV14. Hit us up. How are you doing today, Jacob? Good, I'm good. This is Jacob and Chase. You know, we've been sitting here for about half an hour now. We're having a good time talking friends, and he just immediately, on when we start, just pulls out a burn right at, right at the beginning of the pod. I was listening to that, like, recently. I was re-listening to that argument because it's the one of very few arguments we've had about soccer. Oh, on the podcast. We've had very many dis- disagreements. And it's usually never anything too serious. We used to get heavy into the the MLS versus, what was it, just Europe? Just Europe. We would, like, our group chat back in the day would go off. I remember... And La Liga versus Premier League was a big topic. That I was going to say, I remember the La Liga versus Prem discussion. I was doing deliveries for work. <laughs> and I would be just at like a the store or like something. Yeah, I think I think it was like a day that I swear it felt like everybody had the day off because it was just like if I if you didn't like answer there would be 10 messages right away. And this was like before iMessage had like the you could reply to somebody's message directly. So I remember at one point I was driving and I don't know what it was, but I literally like pulled off to the side of the road for like two minutes just so I could like type out like a response really quickly. And then I just like sent it, put my phone like back away and then started driving. And I just saw my phone like blow up after that. (laughs) Those were some heated days. Now we're both on the, on the good team. It's MLS versus (laughs) the world. We don't have to worry about La Liga, Premier League. We are rooting for the Avengers now, no longer the uh, the Thanos League. <laughs> Weird week of MLS. There was U.S. Open Cup final, Campeones Cup, a couple midweek games. Um, what, what, co- what was that made-up competition you just said? Another cash grab Liga MX versus MLS tournament, you mean? Can we just like talk about that first before we dive into the the week of games? Absolutely, because LAFC once again in a big <laughs> game versus a Mexican team just absolutely loses the plot. Dennis Buanga, so pretty much LAFC lost nil nil. Tigris won on penalties, and Buanga thought he had a goal, was disallowed. But man. How many times has this happened? They lost in the 2020 Champions League final. They've, I mean, they've won two shields to be fair, but these guys choke. Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. I just looked up this game just to, like, refresh my memory of, like, you know, who got the red cards and everything. And I just showed Jacob this, but when you Google it, there's, like, fireworks that come up on your screen that are in the Tigres colors. Yeah, it's honestly joke of a competition to me like why why are we having these teams play against each other i think it's just like supposed to be a wannabe what is it like the uefa super cup where it's like these two like the champions champions, champions league winner versus the europa league winner but to me it feels just like a cheese version of that yeah it was weird um kind of funny that it was nil nil had to go down to penalties and then that's like the one team you really would hate to go against penalties like Tigres because they have uh, Nahuel Guzman in goal. Did the... you see? Oh, I got my clowns of the week because of this game. 
and it involves involves that goalkeeper. Um, after the game, LAFC fans, typical, start throwing stuff at the players on the field, at the Tigres players. Classless bums. But anyway, <laughs> Guzman, like, catches, like, a water bottle that somebody, like, threw at him because he just turns to the crowd after the game, after he, like, saves the PKs, and he just, like, sticks his arms, like, out, like, like what's up? And they start just hurling stuff at him. He just catches a water bottle with, like, one hand, and he kind of just, like, looks at it and looks back at him. What a legend. LAFC fans suck. I love that. I actually am a big fan of Nahuel Guzman. I, I wish he would come up to, like, MLS for a year <laughs> and just, like, have him play for, like, a terrible team. Anybody who sticks up and, like, trolls fans that are, like, throwing crap. We've already talked about this in depth because of the League's Cup. I hate it when... Fans throw stuff at players. I think it's just stupid. This guy's a legend. Yeah. Well, and did you see the the bust up between him and uh, uh, Crapo after the game? No, I didn't. So after the game, you no know, players are you know kind of jogging around, shaking hands, talking with each other. Um, I believe that's his name, Maxime Crapo, their keeper. So he was subbed out like right before the end of the game that's right i heard about that um for who's their backup keeper that's, john mccarty yeah john mccarty he goes in um for penalties supposedly the better penalty uh goalkeeper um so anyways after the game they're shaking hands Nahuel guzman goes up to maxime crepo and they're kind of talking seems like it's all positive everything's fine and then as they walk away you can't tell but it seems like he says one last thing and maxime crepo just like loses it and is like trying to get at him, like running at him. People are but like busting it up. They're like getting between them, like trying to stop whatever's happening. What do you think was said? Judging by Guzman's demeanor and PK shootouts and his <laughs> antics, it wouldn't surprise me if he nothing bad, but he probably just said something to ruffle feathers a little bit. And Crepo's probably just lost his cool for whatever reason. That's my guess. Probably just some little comment about how he got subbed out or I don't know. Do you think he uh, said payaso? <laughs> you think he uh, brought up like uh, MLS versus like Mexico, like rivalry there, you know, a little bit of the throwing it in your face that you play in like MLS or something like that or wouldn't surprise me. I, I think a lot of people from Liga MX still view them as the superior league, which I mean, you could definitely argue that. I think it's pretty close now, but... Yeah, I mean, and League's Cup isn't a good indicator of the strength of the league because it's the first time it's happened between the two leagues, of course. Um, but I don't know. I mean, would I... Somebody had a take on online that I would generally agree with is that as a whole, MLS is probably better than League MX, except for the Monterey, Tigres, uh, Chivas, Club America. Like, yeah, there's like the big four, and then you could put like... Pachuca, uh, Yeah, maybe. Pachuca on their day could go up there. And generally, but, I would say the rest, you know, our middle's probably better than Liga MX, our bottom tier's probably better, but the best of the best, yeah, Liga MX would probably take the cake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you look at the top five teams, they're just so far and ahead better i would say than most mls i'd say like that the tigres the monterey the the america the chivas 
just with the amount of money they can spend, they're probably, you know, a few levels ahead of where even the best MLS teams are. And even with that, I, I, I'd agree. I think they're better. But we can see because of League's Cup, those teams, some MLS teams on their day can still compete with them. Columbus, I know, took down America and Nashville, Monterey, and yeah, and that's in that's in like a cup competition setting, not in a league setting. But when you look at teams like this, where they have so much money that they have these like Mexican national teams players that are staying in Mexico or they're returning to Mexico because they can be paid as much as if they go to Europe. So kind of reminds me of MLS circa 2014 when Dempsey and Bradley and we had pretty much the whole U.S. national team was domestic players with a couple exceptions. Kind of led to the downfall a little bit, you might add. Well, I wouldn't say added, but it was a contributing factor to us not making the World Cup. That's true. That's true. I think there's a little bit different because they had, you know, those players for us had already left and gone to Europe and come back, and then you have guys with Mexico's national team like um, like Alexis Vega or like Henry Martin, like guys like that who are huge players for them who've never left Mexico. Biggest I think for us is like Walker Zimmerman. Right now, current yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even back then, like our biggest best players were guys that had gone to Europe and come back. But I don't know. I mean, and it was kind of touched on after this game. I don't know if you saw like. Steve Terundolo's press conference. If you want to get into that right now, or do you want to save that for later? We can do it. I'm yeah, go ahead. So, so after this game, uh, Terundolo comes out in the press conference and I don't have his, his exact quote in front of me, but essentially he, uh, said with the current roster rules and how MLS is structured, they're never going to be able to compete, um, in all these competitions like the league wants them to. They're not going to be able to compete with, the you know the big five teams in Mexico I mean I kind of agree but I'm getting sick of hearing him complain about this every time he loses like a cup final or something I mean that's that's what Eli Lester said from this week in MLS and (laughs) he's a Galaxy fan and he's biased and we all know that but yeah he's not wrong I mean MLS should increase the spending cap I'm assuming they will because of the whole messy deal and the revenue that's coming in and seeing they need to raise the floor pretty much i mean dp players i don't think is a problem it's more like top to bottom those upper echelon league mx teams just have a better 11 better attacking talent better options they can bring off the bench but i mean lafc isn't exactly like a crap team you know what i mean like they've got quality they they had bail on like 85k a week last year yeah, no, it's true. And it's kind of interesting that Chirundolo, um made that point. I mean, he's done it before, but I don't know if you saw, like, after the Miami game this week, Tata Martino kind of mirrored that sentiment and had the same thing to say where he came out and essentially said, forget what his quote was, but he basically said, like, you know, an- another game and we'd have, or like, our training staff out there. So- something along those lines of, like, they've played so many games and guys are so tired that he would have to start throwing out, like, youth players and training staff just to get an 11 on the field obviously an exaggeration he has a pretty big squad definitely and Miami are kind of victims of their own success by going that far in multiple cup competitions having games rescheduled because of going in there so they're playing midweek games so 
it is kind of a unique situation, but also what other league and what other team would have an entire league subsidizing one player for their team? That's very true. I think that's where um, those two coaches are the ones that I take the least serious when they're complaining about that. Like, they are so spoiled versus, I mean, you have teams like the Colorado Rapids who they have, like, zero investment at all. They can't even compete in just league play, let alone, like, extra competitions. So it's it's just kind of silly to me. Um, I understand where they're coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. But it's kind of like... Um, they're not the two, they're not the right guys to like lead the charge on it, um, especially when the league is with Miami specifically kind of bending the knee for them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same as when you hear like like Man City and Liverpool like you have like Jurgen Klopp and like Pep Guardiola complaining that there aren't enough like you know like random stuff they always complain about after games. And I'm a Klopp fan. I love Jurgen Klopp, but he does have a tendency of like always kind of complaining about rules after a loss. Like it, it's, it kind of, you lose your credibility when the best teams are constantly complaining. The one time they lose, it's just silly. Live our pool. <laughs> hey, they got screwed over by VAR in their last game. Actually. <laughs> I've stumped him. I've stumped Maybe. him here, but I don't know. I, I, do you think the league should have more money pumped into it? Or do you think we're going to see a bigger gap because teams like Colorado teams like San Jose, these teams aren't going to invest. Like, I mean, it's true though. Like you laugh, like <laughs> it's pretty funny, but uh, it's true. Like those teams are probably going to get left behind while we're just allowing the Miami's and the LAFC's to spend more money. I think they can definitely add another level of spending and also uncomplicate a lot of the stupid stuff in the league. I mean, the system they've got with GAM and TAM and young DPs and scouting rules, I don't think they should just get away with it in one season, but they should kind of gradually loosen up some of these restrictions. Absolutely, there should be a higher salary cap. There should maybe maybe add another designated player spot. You know, who knows? Um, But honestly... Every league is going to have those couple of teams that are are stragglers. Fortunately, in MLS, this wouldn't be like the end of the club as we know it if they got relegated, like a lot of the world. So, I mean, Colorado, the the fans are putting on pressure. San Jose, there's been some investment there. They've started. They've yeah. They've been. I mean, Lucci (laughs) has been added. They're showing signs. Like you said, there's moving in the right direction yeah so i think naturally i mean you're gonna have some teams that are dumb or lacking spending habits like the rest of the league but that's just normal yeah and it sucks for those fans i mean and i will say in mls i mean the rapids have been mid for a long time (laughs) and they turned it around one season like it can happen quick cincinnati can happen quick three wooden spoons in a row now they clinch the shield that's true. That's true. Without replacing a lot of the players there as well. They they kept a lot of their core guys. But shall we dive into this week in MLS or do we want to talk about any anything else before we get into the league games? A couple more things. Um, 
Inter Miami and Houston Dynamo played in the <laughs> Open Cup. Yes, they did. And a little man from Rosario did not play in the game. And Houston Dynamo wins the U.S. Open Cup in Miami. Excuse me, Fort Lauderdale. But that's my that's Houston's second Open Cup in the last five years. Um, knocks a trophy out of Miami's window. Now pretty much they, they played all those extra games and did that traveling for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, sucks for Miami. Um, huge for Houston, though. That's a amazing win for them over a tough Miami team. I can only imagine what that's going to do for their confidence going into the rest of the league. Um, I hope they don't get the cup hangover with like three games left in their season that are crucial. Um, you know, like we've seen from teams in the past where once they win a cup or they make it to a final, they tend to have a, a little bit of a drop off after that. But yeah, tough for Miami not being able to capitalize on this opportunity i mean they've already won one trophy this year it seems as though i don't want to say they weren't taking it serious but i think tata martino kind of knew what was more important at this point they've already wrapped up a champions league spot for next year by winning leagues cup they didn't necessarily need to win this competition and i think it's more important for them to make playoffs so the fact that he rested jordi alba and um messi for this game Poor Busquets, though, dude. <laughs> Just abandoned out there in the midfield, letting the, you know, Coco Kerskia. I said, I was going to say, maybe Coco Kerskia taught him a thing or two in that game. <laughs> Coco Kerskia just bossing it around him. Um, just a tough game. Tough game for Miami, but huge for Houston. And I, I'm excited to see how these teams perform going into this last little bit of the season. Yeah. And I think this kind of. No matter what else happens this year, I mean, they'll probably make playoffs. And even if they're a first-round exit, like, what a turnaround from last year. It was funny. Tom Bogart from MLS Media, like, retweeted the initial post where it got leaked and announced that Ben Olsen would be taking over Houston. And pretty much every comment was just trashing the move, talking about how terrible it was. And I trashed it. I mean... It wasn't the most exciting move, honestly. He was a guy who had experience, but it wasn't even, like, great experience necessarily. They were 13th in the Western Conference last year. Weren't even close to the playoffs. They shed a lot of, I wouldn't even say dead weight, but they there was a lot of roster turnover. From last year, who's now gone, they have Tim Parker, Adam Lundquist, Fafa Pico, Zarek Valentin, Tyler Pasher, Daniel Rios, Joe Corona, Darwin Cantero, Memo Rodriguez, Matias Vera, Darwin Seren. That's like, that was most of their starters and like in the 18 level players in that team who all departed. And I mean, the additions they've had, even Franco, Nelson Quinones, Achara, Franco Escobar, Hector Herrera came mid-season last year, but Brad Smith, Artur, I mean, Vasi, Karaskia came last year. Like, it's been good. Good business. Do you think if they're going to win another trophy, it's got to be this year? Because when I look at this roster... That's a quick window. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to... I mean, 
Coco Kerski has been playing out of his mind. He's already had he has scouts from Europe already looking at him, looking like he's probably going to be bought up pretty quickly. Um, they'll probably turn a profit on that. Ache Ache is thirty three. Can't see him putting up this performance next year or getting better. Um, so he'll probably slow down. And when you have the dinosaur of him and then Artur in the midfield, those two guys locking it down. I feel like teams are going to figure them out. And you lose that threat of Coco Kerskia. Corey Barrett is playing out of his mind right now, scoring at like an insane rate um, that doesn't exactly match up with his underlying stats. So I think maybe they're overperforming a bit. You look at the roster and it's not like the greatest, but I mean, there's good pieces. And if they, if they build off of what they've already made this year, they've had smart pickups. They're spending money, not like Toronto FC level spending, but I mean, they already won a trophy. They're going to be in the champions league. If you're saying MLS cup or bust like this season, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The West doesn't look great, so maybe this is their chance. To me, it seems like it's going to be like Austin. I think they're going to have a, a really good season this year. They've already won a trophy. That's you know enough success for most clubs. Um, but I think they're going to have a steep fall off next year. I can't How see. How steep? Like missing the playoffs? I think they'll be right around that. Um, well, I don't know if we expand playoffs, where they might they might make it in by place. being twelfth. But uh, I think they'll be right around that tenth, eleventh, kind of pushing for the, the last maybe eight or ninth spot. I disagree, but I, I can see your logic there. All right, fair enough, fair enough. See, we we respect each other sometimes. A <laughs> um, couple other midweek games. Philly and Dallas draw 1-1, and Colorado and Vancouver draw 2-2. Both midweek games in the regular season. Moving on, though, to the Saturday slate of league action. Columbus Crew hosting Philadelphia Union. It's a 1-1 draw. Cool. Exciting news right there. Cucho Hernandez getting another goal, though. I think he's on 14 goals this season, so he's right up there in the golden boot race. Um, Two exciting teams producing a pretty average game. I think these both of these two teams, they're fourth and fifth right now. Philly's in fourth at 51, Columbus at 50. Both a little better than they've been showing recently, honestly. I think both of us would expect these would be at least top three, if not challenging for first place normally. Whereas, and even saying that, they're not doing bad nearly. They're fourth and fifth place, but it feels like there's another level to be unlocked with either of these squads. Do you think that happens come playoff time? Would you have either of these teams making MLS Cup? Uh, Out of the East, it's tough. He's yeah, going to say, really say Columbus. <laughs> that's really tough, but if you're being honest, though, like both these teams are playoff contenders without a doubt. And I think when it comes to cup competition, Philadelphia, I think, will turn it up. Jim Curtin's going to get the boys moving. Even in the final? Not the final. No. <laughs> maybe. Maybe this is their year. Um, but honestly, when you kind of look at where they've performed throughout the year, 
both these teams have been solid. Like you said, like they aren't performing exactly as good as they are recently. Um, if playoffs were to start today, they'd play against each other. And then you look at the other teams around them. I think they both could comfortably handle new England, especially with how new England is right now. Um, Orlando city in second doesn't really convince me. Not really. Not the most convincing team, even though they beat Columbus. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's not the most convincing to me. I think Columbus has more, they have stronger pieces and they're just kind of hitting like a lull in the season right now, which is unfortunate because it's right at the end of the season. That's not exactly what you want. Um, but I mean, every team hits those lulls. They hit like a, a weird, you know, kind of dip in the season. Orlando had that for quite a while early in the season, about six seasons in a row in their first existence, actually. Yeah. And then, I mean, Atlanta's heating up right now, but I'm not super convinced on them. Nashville looks like a really dangerous team in cup competitions like we've seen. New York City in eighth. Montreal sneaking into ninth place. <laughs> That's crazy. Montreal is definitely getting bounced out of the playoffs immediately. <laughs> we'll get to them, but I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs, honestly. <laughs> um, not much else to say. Yeah, two two sleeping giants that could be awoken come playoff time. I don't think anybody would be surprised if either one of these teams make a run to the final. But at the same time, I don't think I would back either of them over Cincy, personally. Depends if Miami makes the playoffs or not, because that would be Cincy's first playoff game if Miami squeaks into the playoffs. And personally, I think Cincy would handle them. We'll talk. We're going to talk about Miami right now. Actually, then the next game, a one-one draw at home. Uh, Sandy Rodriguez puts City up, seventy-seventh minute. Thomas Aviles, the center back, scores like one of the last pieces of action of the game. Maybe saves their season with this point. Looking back on it, honestly. It's getting tight, and court like Extra Time was saying, fortunately for Miami, every other team just shoots themselves in the foot every <laughs> chance they get right around the playoffs. Huge, huge last-minute goal for Miami. They definitely needed that. They are on 33 points with 30 games played, so they still have games to play to catch up to the teams ahead of them. Um, and still no Messi. I think once they get Messi back, it's different story. And you look like we were talking about last week down the stretch, the teams they're going to play against Charlotte twice. And then I think they Chicago. also play Chicago. Um, they also play Cincinnati. So interesting match there, but Cincinnati's probably the only real challenge for them. I think they're going to handle Chicago and they'll probably beat up on Charlotte as well. Huge games for all all those teams associated. They're Charlotte, Miami, and then New York is in between, but then Chicago is right there. They're really close. DC in that conversation as well. I mean, I don't really want to go super into it because everybody else will, but there's been rumors and stuff online that Messi aggravated his injury, that he sustained on international duty, and he could be shut down for the rest of the season. I mean, that changes things, right? I mean, yeah, without a doubt. If Messi's not there, they're, I don't think they have a shot at the cup. I mean, they still have the pieces to do it, but I think it's too early and they haven't bet in all those new guys yet. Um, if this was a team, you know, in two years that's missing Messi and has all these same pieces, I think they're still a strong contender. All these young, 
South American guys they brought in. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I really hope Messi isn't out for the rest of the season, but if he is slightly injured, I'd rather him sit out the rest of the season and then have a full year next year. Or maybe they shut him down just until this, and if they squeak into the playoffs, maybe they introduce him back. It was kind of a rumor. Um, supportedly, some reporters broke that news. However, Tata Martino denied it, which... And I saw somebody bring this up on Twitter. Maybe that rumor is true. Maybe it's not. But if it is true, it would be very MLS for them not to confirm this so they don't lose all the ticket sales that would be happening with Miami coming to town in all these cities. Be classic MLS. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the money grab around Miami has been insane. I don't know if you saw um, somebody recently. I think it was some random tweet. Some guy said that like his... Uh, season ticket package for Miami was like I think maybe six thousand five thousand dollars for the season and then the cost it is for this next season it would be thirty two thousand dollars for a season ticket ridiculous that is insane that's see essentially he'd be paying a thousand dollars a game actually that's if you went to every single game home and away because it's about a 34 game season 35 game season it's about two grand a game two grand a game that is an insane amount of money and what's crazy too is they're gonna pack that stadium out still they're still gonna sell every ticket but yeah i don't know that's insane man i can't even imagine spending that much money on all that to watch soccer deandre edlin (laughs) all that to go watch the greatest u.s men's national team right back of all time deandre edlin Let's move on. This is too much time spent on the darlings of the league, Miami. Let's get into the nitty-gritty, the the The, blue-collar teams here. This is MLS right here. So we got New England Revolution hosting Charlotte. Big crowd in New England. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but, yeah, 37,000, almost 38. That's more than most teams get on a weekend. I know they don't average that, but it was loud on the highlights, and it was was fun to watch. New England wins 2-1. Charlotte fighting for their absolute lives. New England's already made the playoffs. They're fighting for seeding. Um, Charlotte needs wins, especially playing Miami soon. And New England goes up 1-0. Noel Buck with a nice finish. Carol Swiderski has a nice goal to tie the game in the 84th. And while they're still celebrating, a minute later, New England retakes the lead. And that kind of sums up Charlotte FC's not only season, but I feel like their whole existence in MLS. They show a sign after being down and kicked, and then they just get kicked in the head. They just have Mitt Romney's nephew go down the field and score another goal on them. But, yeah, just poor Charlotte, man. They have such a huge fan base, and it's like such a strongly supported team, and they've been just terrible these past couple years. But to me, it seems like they're prime for like a Cincinnati. Do they need a like Glow Noonan and a Chris Albright special? They need they need something like that. They they need to s- just steal a assistant coach, call up Carlos Lamosa. I was gonna say, do you, get him in there. Do they give Coach Gio Savarese a call? I mean, it's a possibility. You know what's crazy too is their uh, their second team, the Crown Legacy, is like pretty good right really good i think they're second in the east right now in the mls next pro um but they also have that one youth 
U22 player they signed that they can't add to their roster because they can't comprehend MLS roster rules like the rest of us. Um, and they bought a guy that they aren't allowed to have on their team. But anyways, that was he's a, just banging in goals in high school stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Charlotte just, they need a, they just need like a little tweak. They don't need a huge makeover like Colorado. Uh, they, you think so? <laughs> I don't look at that roster and see many good pieces, honestly. That, But that's the thing. Nobody looked at um, Cincinnati and thought they had good pieces either. And then they, you know, Pat Noonan True. comes in. They bring in a few star players, but they had a really, you know, most of its core players that were already there. Looking at their starting 11 from this last match, I would take Carol Swiderski. Ashley Westwood has been all right for them. Their center backs have been underwhelming. Enzo Capetti was on the bench. Jadzwiak's been disappointing. Jalen Lindsay, Scott Arfield. Like, who do you... <laughs> um, I mean, he wasn't on the field, but uh, Ben Bender. He's a good piece. Good piece. A uh, solid player. Their keeper isn't terrible. Um, I mean, Enzo Capetti has been underwhelming, but I think with the right coach, he could probably be a good, uh, good piece. I don't know, man. I think it's really, uh, really similar to Cincinnati. I think they have a lot of solid pieces that go under the radar right now, but with the right coach in there, they could probably turn things around. I mean, we've seen it with different MLS teams, not even just Cincinnati. Like, look at that Montreal team of last year with Wilfred Nance. Like, that was a terrible team, not very many good players, and then Wilfred Nance had them turned around in the right direction. Well, to be fair, he had some good pieces, and then they nuked the whole team once he left. <laughs> no, that's true, but they weren't good before that, though, and they had those good pieces there already. I, I think it's just a lot of it has to do with the coach. And I'm not super convinced by... I don't even know who their coach is right now. Christian Latancio. He took over for... Oh, man, I can't remember their original coach. But their original coach was like a Pep Guardiola like lookalike. He was like this younger Spanish guy who would always wear hoodies and he was bald and he had some scruff on his face. They fired him after... It was like, what, 12 games or something like that? Like really early on. And see, to me, this is more closer to a Colorado situation where... They've got a few good pieces, but to me, unless they do some overhauling, not completely, but to me, this is like a, a seventh place finishing roster, in my opinion. True, true. I mean, I could see that going that way as well, but like I said, it just takes the right coach getting in there, um, and then you see a lot of these guys just turn their whole career around, essentially. I agree. I hot take. Their their badge top five in MLS. Mm, I don't know if I'd put it top five, but it's a solid one. We'll get on to that later. Yeah, we will. Um New York Red Bulls hosting Chicago <laughs> two more teams fighting for their absolute lives. And this is a prediction game. We both opted for well, I opted for a draw on this. You opted a Chicago win, or a Red Bulls win. But Chicago Fire, the men in red, who actually didn't wear their red kit, won on the road, 1-0. I 
Kuzias with the goal. Chicago's in 11th place. <laughs> Has to be mentioned, too, this goal came like two minutes after a Red Bull's red card. The ensuing free kick, yeah. Which is hilarious. If that doesn't sum up the Red Bulls season, I mean, Red Bulls are in 12th place. I mean, they've got three games left. They're three points out, I guess, so not terrible. Chicago tied on points with Montreal in ninth place, however, due to the defining factors are out of the bubble. But, man, what if this Chicago Fire squeaked into the playoffs? I would I would like that. No chance. No You're probably chance. right. I mean, their their goal in the 64th minute was their first shot that whole game. But, I mean, is Montreal really that convincing? No, but Miami is. Miami has a very slim margin of error. And especially if Messi's been... You know the thing with Chicago, though, is they have a wider margin of error, but they are definitely more likely to make that happen. You're right. I can... Here's my hot take. Miami doesn't make the playoffs. I could see it happening, but I Chicago, I can't see doing it. Who do they, who does Chicago even have left in their schedule? They do play Miami. They play Miami at, at next. Soldier Field. That's an L for Chicago. Then they play Charlotte. I could see that being a nil-nil. Um, and then they play New York City. New York City's been heating up, so that's a tough last game of the season. We've weirdly seen Chicago go to some difficult places to play and, and get points or play decent teams. They were very close to beating Philly on the road earlier in the season. At home against Cincy, they totally blew a game that they were up in and could have won. Beat the Timbers at home. They'll randomly, under the guise of Frank Klopas, pull something together. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think I'm so I'm not either. convinced by the Chicago team. I'm not either, but for the sake of argument, I want it to be. Orlando City hosting Montreal. Orlando wins 3-0, and this is a team Chase just doesn't like, Orlando City. He's never impressed no matter what they do. They're in second place. Not going to make up the margin for first place, but they could lock second place all up in theirs if they win out. And just taking care of business at home. They've they've won eight games at home. So I'm a big fan, personally. I was high on Orlando at the start of the season, actually. I didn't expect them to do this well, but I was pretty high on them. Um, has to be said, Montreal's not the biggest challenge to play when you're at home, especially. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, it's just, I like this Orlando team. I really like Oscar Pereja as a coach. I hope they don't. Did they have, they offered him a new contract yet? Not yet. I hope they don't. I would love the Timbers picked him up. I hope they're already in contact with him. Um, I just, the thing for me with this Orlando team isn't, there isn't a lot of pieces there that get me super excited. Like Pedro Gaese, I think is one of the best keepers in the league. Duncan McGuire, Awesome pickup from the draft for them. Uh, Facundo Torres, awesome pickup for them. Other than that, not a lot of, like, all-star quality there, I would say. 
I think kind of similar to what we were talking about recently, I think this team is kind of held together by Oscar Pereja. Yeah, it's not the greatest team on paper, but I think I don't think they'd look out of place against some of those better teams. I just think they haven't like stamped themselves. Angulo's been good for them. Cesar Araujo, Araujo, I should say, <laughs> has been good for them. He gave Messi a, a fit in that one League's Cup game, but they brought Junior Urso back. I don't know. They, they're playing well. They definitely are, and uh, nobody can take that from them. I I don't dislike them. I I like this Orlando team. I just I think the the standings can be a little misleading sometimes, especially in an unbalanced league where you play, you know, different teams. You don't just play. Everybody plays each team twice, so schedules aren't exactly the same. Um, I'm a little bit higher on some other teams from the East than them. Say it. Just say who? Columbus Crew. This guy, <laughs> dude, I love Columbus. This guy. Any any hey. Columbus Crew fans? I hope you appreciate what this guy's doing. He's uh, over here in Salem, Oregon, sticking his neck out for the Columbus Crew. You know what? My bad that your Eastern Conference team is Toronto, dead dead last of the league. They mean right nothing now. to me. <laughs> you love Toronto. I saw you hide your jersey when I walked in the door today. Speaking of Toronto, <laughs> they played the other team from Ohio, uh, FC Cincinnati. This is in Toronto. Cincy with a 3-2 win. Brandon Vasquez gets a brace in the first half, and then Toronto FC immediately responds to the Jonathan Osorio brace. <laughs> And Aaron Bupenza, the Gabon striker, scores the winner. Him and Lucio Acosta are building some chemistry. Bupenza's finding form. None of this matters to me, though. (laughs) Since he won the Shield, and we'll talk about that in just a second, did you see the videos online of Lorenzo Insigne up in the the press seats just cussing out and getting into arguments with Toronto fans. Yes, I saw that short little man dressed like <laughs> Dude, I find it funny because I'll be like this is really off topic, but whenever you're like playing FIFA, you do like a career mode or like used to do the journey, they would have the players when they're dressed in like street clothes and I would just look at it and be like that's the just worst fashion sense I've ever seen. And I'm just like who actually dresses like that? And then I see Lorenzo Insigne and Bernadeschi and they're wearing just weird just must be like European fashion thing but yeah I saw that little man up there just shouting down at fans and it's like dude you're getting paid millions of dollars to be terrible you're you're terrible at your job and you're getting paid millions of dollars what a disaster what a disaster of a season top to bottom from Toronto I saw on Twitter it's worth a it's worth a bring up real quick here. Is Insigne the biggest DP bust in league history? I mean, performance-wise, not really, but when you factor in his salary, Toronto's a big club with expectations in the league. I was going to say it's pretty close between him and like Douglas Costa, but Douglas Costa's actually been playing Doing pretty better. well like into the season. Insigne to me has had zero redeeming like value or like anything for Toronto. I don't see any reason why they would want to keep him other than the fact that 
they have to pay him for his contract. And honestly, I mean, I'd, I'm sure he could find a contract somewhere else, but if I was like running a club, I wouldn't want him anywhere near my team. I don't know what team would want to pick him up. Colorado Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> On a league minimum, $85,000 a year. <laughs> So pretty much what he makes in like a month, if less than <laughs> like in a, a less than a day, like a week, <laughs> dude. If uh, if they picked him up and he went on the league minimum to go prove a point in Colorado, I would immediately take back everything I've said about him and have so much respect for him. That would be legendary. That would be so freaking cool if he did that. Just imagine. He puts on the the, the old burgundy, burgundy and, and claret blue, you know, and just goes out there and starts lighting it up with Kevin Cabral and Luis Diaz. <laughs> That's a dream come true. <laughs> um, per week, you know how much this guy makes? How much? <laughs> $269,000. That's insane. A week. That's insane. That's more than Jackson Reagan makes a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> That's three times as much. <laughs> Why'd you call him out like that specifically? <laughs> Jackson Reagan is solid, but he looks just like a like a high school bully. Just his face. He looks like he's still in high school, dude. Man, that was a shot out of nowhere on Jackson Reagan. There's <laughs> countless players you could have picked for that. It was just the first guy that came to mind. Oh, man. He doesn't... He kind of does look like a bully a little bit, but he at the same time looks like the kid that got bullied. Like if he wasn't like big and built like a professional athlete, I could see him getting bullied because he like <laughs> wore like his Minecraft pajamas to school or something. <laughs> or a galaxy hoodie. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, yeah, that would be a dream come true though if uh I love Lorenzo and Signe went to Colorado and lit their their team alight. It's kind of like a weird niche market, but it'd be a fun segment talking about like DPs who have like been traded or gone from team to team. Off the top of my head, the biggest one I think of is Freddie Lindbergh. When he was in the league, he was in Seattle for their inaugural year. Obviously, big pedigree successful player didn't really light it up and then he got traded to chicago fire i think that is a weird niche thing um that doesn't ever happen really because when teams spend that much money on a dp it's really rare if it doesn't work out for them for another mls team to be like oh we'll take him on a ton of money as well another one i can scarcely think of but was ironically due to this situation in toronto was toronto moving Alejandro Pozuelo, who was an MVP of the league and shipping him to Miami for a half season. Yeah. Because they needed room for, was it Bernadeschi or Insigne? I think they got them both at the same time, right? Yeah. So, just weird. Maybe we can do a deep dive on oh, other man. examples of that in the league. It's probably like three other. I guarantee you Colorado's on that list. Probably. I'm trying to think who their DPs are. That they've, they've, only, had. they've only had like eight. When we did that list of worst DPs in history or best DPs. Yeah. They haven't had very many. It was like eight players ever bring back their old Colorado. Their first DP was six years after the the rule was introduced (laughs) to the league. So 
That's so sad. Oh, man. You know what else happened, though? Cincinnati won this game, and they clinched the supporter <laughs> shield. So, In other news. <laughs> first trophy in their MLS era. What awesome. a tr- what a trophy to win as well. Like a what traditionally would be the champions of the league and you know in most other leagues. Um huge accomplishment for them. That's amazing. Like the what they've the work they've done to turn that whole franchise around is amazing. Love to see it. You love to see the fan base getting all of that getting the love they just that they deserve. Take nothing away. Alvis Powell is a 2023 MLS Supporter Shield winner. And he's been a big role player for them as well. But, yeah, Cincinnati, I'm looking back at their first few years in the league. So they're on 65 points right now. They came into the league in 2019. Is that right? Yep. So their first three years combined they didn't even get 65 points really so their first year 2019 they're on 24 points 2020 they got 16 points which is terrible (laughs) 2021 they had 20 points and then uh last year 2022 they finished uh fifth place on 49 points but those first three years they didn't even manage to get what their total is now. That is absolute insanity. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. So good job, Cincinnati. I'm sure you know they're getting the they're getting the talking that they deserve from the MLS staff and media heads. I think they're still on track to beat the points record as well, right? I think the points record was seventy three. 72 or 73 they're on 65 points if they win three out games left if they win out they'll do it at this point is it more important to be a part of history by setting the points record or is it important to rest players and gear up for playoffs i think they'll do like slight rotations probably keep we've seen in the league before when teams like new england the team who broke that record had too long of a break like Something just happens with them. They almost have too long to wait, and they're not as fresh. I think they'll keep going for it. I mean, speaking of windows, you know, Brandon Vasquez might be gone. He's had a lot of European interest. Their center back, Mascara, is only on loan. What if he leaves? You know, that's two big pieces right there. Alvaro Barreal looks like he's getting a lot of interest. That's a lot of good pieces. And since he's shown they can replace them with Bupenza, for example, taking over for Brenner and finally now hitting form. So, I don't know. I think I think they just keep going for it, keep going for the kills. I would say the same thing if I was a Cincy fan, a Cincy, somebody in their organization, I would say try and win out because winning the Shield is one thing and it's amazing and... uh you get to have that memory, but I think something just lasts a little bit longer, you know, if you set that points record. I mean, at this rate, MLS is breaking it every year, every other year. Um, But that might not be the case. If they set the points record, that might be something that stands for 10, 15 years that gets talked about every time um, a team wins the shield, you know? 
I agree. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him do that. Next up, boring game. We don't have to go into it. Houston beat and Dallas nil nil draw. Big Texas rivalry. The Copa Tejas Cup with this result goes to Austin FC. <laughs> and it was funny. So just like Cascadia Cup. <laughs> in the middle of their game, Austin is, you know, playing Colorado. They're live tweeting their game. Somebody tweets with a draw in this game between Houston and Dallas. Austin FC clinches the tournament. They post that Kevin James like <laughs> looking meme and like retweet that post while they're losing this game. Look at this. Immediately after, they're still losing to the Colorado Rapids, and their season is like pretty much on the line. And the replies to this tweet, they are getting lit up. Delete this tweet in all caps. This isn't a flex. What's wrong with you? We're on a winless streak. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I, I love that from Austin. Actually, that's pretty funny. Like to make light of the situation, and then at the same, I understand people are mad about that, but. What else are you going to win this year? You're not making playoffs. Like, take the wins where you can, man. Now, these guys have had a fall from grace. They had that nuts year last year. They think they're running the league for a bit. Great fan base. Start off the year, get dunked on by a Haitian team in <laughs> Champions League, and get beat by, like, the worst teams in League MX. Oh, man. That was – it's been a terrible year for them. Do you think they dump Owen Wolf? Josh Wolf. Josh, oh yeah. Absolutely. His son is Owen Wolf. I'm surprised they haven't yet, honestly. Which, the only thing I will say is, maybe this happening, him not getting fired, leads me to believe they'll keep him for maybe a year. I think if they're smart, they would fire him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if they were smart, I think they'd do it similar to how the Timbers have, where they're just like, you know, we're not giving up on the season, but we're going to drop this guy so we have the opportunity and the time to look and give him the opportunity and time to look. Um, yeah, terrible from Austin. I don't and, have anything else to say on this team on this game, though. Yeah, this was about Houston and Dallas. Um, that's it. I mean, there's not really much to talk about with a nil-nil. Minnesota hosting San Jose, another prediction game. I was bang on the money. This one ended 1-1 draw between the two. I predicted that. I get the three points. The only game that we got even the result right this week between the two of us. It was a rough week. That has been terrible. I re-tallied up the points recently because we were I we were a little bit off. Jacob is nearly 20 points ahead now. You were breathing down my neck for for a little bit there. I've been here before because earlier in the season you were about 20 points ahead and then I got it within like three points. You have a small margin for error though with <laughs> what, like three weeks left in the season? Hey, we're not doing this through the playoffs? Yeah, let's do it through the playoffs. We'll go through the playoffs. I gotta I gotta have all the time I can. Um, Same old, same old. Minnesota at home, they go up, they have the lead 1-0 <laughs> and concede a late goal. That's another blown lead especially considering what happened in LA Galaxy last week. Pookie gets the goal, just a tap-in goal. He had a couple other great chances to score, denied by Daniel, the San Jose goalkeeper. I mean, this just... This feels like the exact result you would think of when you think of these two teams playing right now, honestly. All right, rub it in a little bit more. You got the result right, man. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying Minnesota can't win at home. San Jose 
kind of just hangs in there and has been drawing a lot lately. Yeah, I, I had predicted a San Jose win because I thought Matthew I still Hoffman. have faith in them to uh, to make the playoffs and you know make a deep run. I thought this might be the the point for them to you know have that be the catalyst for the uh, end of the season run. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> San Jose, you know, still not looking terrible. You know, they're above. They're a, a little bit above the Kansas City, Minnesota, Austin's. Minnesota, however, now find themselves on the outside looking in. They're three points out of a spot, so not much room for error. And remember when Reynoso first got back and they looked like unstoppable for like three weeks or so? It wasn't very long, but they had a couple great results. They're going to be frustrated only winning three wins so far this season maybe that'll change just imagine if their star player didn't disappear for a third of the season and like not respond to anybody and just hide in south america and then decide to come back would be a completely different season for them i mean do you i think they would still be in the same kind of realm of where they're at right now in the standings i think they would get a little bump higher up though because they did all right in the beginning when they were winning on the road it's just can't you can't win three games at home all season and expect to be doing anything speaking of coaches who have been maybe on the hot seat adrian heath has been with minnesota since 2017 and made an open cup final made a western conference final in mls where they totally choked I say get him out of there. Get him out of the league. I'm not a out fan of, of Adrian Heath. I mean, if he leaves Minnesota, what team would want to pick him up? 100% I can see Colorado calling his number. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say. What like It's just going to be a mediocre signing for whoever gets him. I don't think he's the quality of coach to really push for like titles. Yeah, I think he's kind of run his course. We talked about life cycles for coaches I mean their first honestly Minnesota was originally the Cincinnati when they first started the league they were getting I think their first two games in the league their first one they conceded nine goals across two games weren't you there at that first one versus Portland they yeah. got blown out 5-1 or something they're 4-0 in Portland their first home game they lost like 4 or 5 zero or one to Atlanta fellow expansion team and they were terrible they kind of righted the ship a little bit they got a decent team they made playoffs a few times they've been consistent but I mean even when they've been at their best it's like they've been a beatable team so I think it's time I agree it's been poor it's been poor from them but I would agree. They need to move on. I think they'll give him till the end of the season, and either way, just let him finish this out. If they make playoffs, they'll probably just, you know, they'd want to keep him just to finish his <laughs> run. But if they don't, I think he's going to get canned. Unless they win MLS Cup, I think he's gone either way, which <laughs> I don't see happening. Very unlikely. But moving on, we got Nashville tying with Seattle, nil-nil. Not much there other than Nashville clinches uh playoff spot. Seattle would have clinched too with a win. A decent point on the road for Seattle. I think they're like six unbeaten. 
Um, Jackson Reagan, who we were just talking about, had a great like last second tackle to stop Jacob Schaffelberg. Um, so going good. Uh, I will say Rui Diaz was scheduled to start this game a late scratch. He's had a disappointing year. A lot of injuries. Not the Rui Diaz we weren't used to. Good. I mean, this is a this is an old team when you look at the core. Is it after this season, regardless, is it kind of time to maybe cut ties with Rui Diaz, Ladero? I I think Seattle's ready. I think the fan base is ready as well. Like these are guys that have given them everything and you know, basically all of their modern success has come from those two players. Yeah, I mean they've got two MLS Cups, two more MLS Cup appearances, a League's Cup final, Champions League title. You can't ask for much more. They're rebranding. It would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, like obviously it's they have other guys on the field, but those two guys are the ones that really like led the charge. It's similar as like Fry's Tim- getting up there too. Timbers for so long was Diego Chara and Diego Valeri. Like those two guys were the linchpin for the team and um, I think it's it's about time for them to move on. You know, it's a, you need to do it at some point, and it's better to be proactive rather than reactive and wait until, you know, Lodero is just walking around on the field. Rui Diaz is missing more open sitters against the Timbers. Um, But, yeah, I, other than that, not, not much about this game to talk about. Nil-nil. If you go to Nashville and you don't try and attack, then nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Seattle honestly probably would have been the team who would have won this game if you're looking at some chances. Um, Seattle in second place, you know, kind of feels like they've underwhelmed this year, but, you know, that's well, Seattle for you, even a so, team. So is the rest of the Western Conference, though. <laughs> absolutely right. And especially with Roldan, Christian Roldan being back, I mean, that just gives them an extra edge. They look a lot better with him in the team, I'll say. They look kind of toothless there for a while after some games that we were watching. Next up, the Darby Q. The Darby Q. I couldn't think of what it was. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> We've seen this before, this story. Local rivalry game. It's a close game, and then the home team scores four goals <laughs> in less than 20 minutes. Bonus points to you if you know what I'm referring to. But... St. Louis wins 4-1 versus Kansas City. Not quite the nail in the coffin for Kansas City's playoff hopes, but throwing them in the coffin for sure. And ridiculous. Yeah, 73rd minute to the 85th. St. Louis scored four goals. Joe Klaus is heating up. St. Louis looking good going into the playoffs. Looking like a dangerous team. Um, Like you said, though, SKC is all but buried at this point. They're basically almost done for the season now they're gonna have to you would think they'd have to win out because they're at 38 points they've only got two games left um so if they win both they're at 44 and that's a few points better than portland vancouver san jose dallas but these teams also are playing so if any of those teams win out or get a couple points kansas city's not looking great not to mention minnesota 38 points as well with a game in hand. Galaxy's back there. Austin could maybe make a run. Probably not, but Austin has to win, win out, and then hope that every other Western Conference team either ties or loses. 
But yeah, SKC, I don't know. It seems like their uh their season's done, but Peter Vermees has gotten the boys pulling the right way just enough to keep that job one just more keep year. Keep that job one more year. One more he, I swear he like wakes up in the morning and he like has his coffee with his wife and he's like, One more year, honey. Like as he just walks out the door to go put on like a just like poor performance. <laughs> I mean, they, they had a good end of the year, but same stories last year, you know, just not enough. He's definitely a, he's definitely a black coffee in a newspaper in the recliner with a, with a bathrobe and like nice slippers on sitting right by the window. He looks like a, like a mean dad from like a, like a baseball dad from like a movie or something like a, the scary dad you have to go meet when you're going to pick up his daughter from for prom or something. It's like that. Or have you seen the memes where it's like you're staying the night at a friend's house and you guys are like playing games in your friend's room and you're like, Oh, I'm kind of hungry. And your friend's like, Oh, well you can go downstairs and grab something. And they're like, don't come with you. So you have to like walk by <laughs> the, your friend's parents and you're like grabbing a soda or something. And it's just kind of awkward. That's Peter Vermees just in the kitchen, just scowling at you in the back. We have a friend whose dad that literal situation you just described made me think of his dad i'm excited to hear after the podcast (laughs) anyways we should move on one thing i want to mention though about this samuel and denneran scores another goal he's been great the post-game interview with the mls apple crew he was talking about how in their locker room this is shades of austin they have like on the bulletin board pictures of people predicting 13th place in the west 14th place they're using that as motivation so <laughs> who knows you know st louis bradley carnell they they got an audio file transcript of the mls netboys podcast when we did western conference <laughs> predictions they put us on the bulletin board because we both had a wooden spoon i think nearly everybody had a wooden spoon but do you That's imagine so though that was like he just randomly listened to this podcast? I hope he's still listening. Quick note on him though: uh, St. Louis picked him up from Sounders, I believe, right? Yep. What would Sounders do to have a guy like that right now? Have an actual striker who can score goals? The only guy who looks dangerous for them is Leo Chu and Morris in the beginning of the season when Chu was feeding him. Rui Diaz has been hurt. Bear scored two tap-in goals the first two games of the season. Hasn't been it. Freddy Montero's finally showing his age. They let go of Will Bruin. Smart, Man. once again, just smart business. Like we talked about AZL Jackson uh, from Minnesota. They're picking up these young guys, too, and adding them to an experienced group and people who weren't getting a chance and lighting it up. He's been exciting. Next up, though, big game. Biggest game of the week. We will uh, polish off the podcast by talking about them for 45 minutes. Um, Colorado Rapids beating Austin FC 1-0. Love to see Colorado not phoning it in, but, I mean, kind of disappointing. I mean, now that they're deciding to put some good performances in, but, yeah, Colorado wins 1-0. So I tuned into this game for a little bit respect um this is why we do this podcast together <laughs> nobody else picked that game <laughs> in the entire country except for if you're a fan of those teams well i found it funny is uh 
looking into the stands, the crowd, obviously pretty depleted. Didn't look any different than any other Colorado game I've watched, though. They've been eliminated from the playoffs. They have no chance of making it. Same, It's probably same people are showing up, like season ticket holders who <laughs> just have nothing else to do on like a Saturday. Hey, I, lo- I love that, though. The, those aren't... Those are the real fans who, you know, support this team week in, week out for them just to be disappointed, but they're there. I, I want to see a big redemption year next year for the Rapids. Um, Might be waiting a while for that one. <laughs> like we talked about, though, blown opportunity for Austin. I mean, you're going to Colorado. You need points at this point of the season. You can't lose in Colorado. That pretty much shuts the door on their season. That's true. That's true. Um, not much else to say about this game, though, honestly. I think it's time we move on for the best team in MLS, the Portland Timbers, going to L.A. and tying 3-3. Um, Eric Zavaleta with a hat trick, scoring <laughs> two, two, uh, two goals for L.A., scoring an own goal as well. Douglas yeah. Costa turning his form around, actually starting to look like he cares about playing soccer um santi moreno felipe mora both getting goals for the timbers weird game portland goes up twice in the first half you know good you know what this made me think of was like remember a couple weeks ago when we were predicting games and we were like like this is going to be an exciting week it's playoff push these teams it's going to be like insane score lines and then every game was like nil nil that's like this is the game that we were like hoping for with those games like two teams that are desperate for points and are just going at it the whole game. I agree. Yeah, you definitely saw a lot of fight at different points from each side. Timbers blow lead twice and the Galaxy come back and they even take the lead right before the half and then Portland ties it late in the second half. A lot of chances for Portland to ice the game, couldn't convert, but Eric Zavaleta his he hadn't scored since 2017. Is what I I read before this. It was like he had two goals in his previous 184 appearances in the league, and then in one half he gets two goals for his team and one for Portland. Part of that comes from uh, Timbers don't know how to defend set pieces. I see. I see every week. It feels like the post game conferences. We're gonna spend extra time in uh, (laughs) on set pieces or defending. I don't know what Portland's problem is with scoring a goal and then completely forgetting what defending even looks like you know who actually is surprisingly locked down on like set piece defense like nine out of ten times larice mabiala he's actually pretty pretty dang good in the air pretty dang good at like winning balls out of like off corner kicks defense and offense yeah yeah pretty solid um but yeah, Timbers need to figure something out for for defending a good defending team. free kicks. I mean, they could even play the best game of their lives, and some team will just win a game in a knockout round game on a corner kick off a free kick. If this habit continues, um, honestly, point a piece. This kind of is better for Portland, obviously, because they're in seventh place. Missed opportunity. This would have put them. Tied for second place, actually. Um, third place, technically, after goal differential. But now they're in seventh. They got two games left. Galaxy 
They have four games left, and they're eight points behind Portland. So Portland didn't really lose any ground to the Galaxy. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a better uh, result for Portland. I mean, technically three points out of second place now um, and five points clear of the drop. So huge for them. Um, Galaxy has to basically win out at this point if they even want a, a sniff at playoffs. And they have away at Seattle, away at Minnesota, easy win, um, home against RSL, and then home against FC Dallas. So they have some tough teams to come up against. All Western Conference teams around the playoff picture. That's crazy. So they definitely they have some tough games that aren't going to be gimmies for sure, other than that away at Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, huge, huge performance and uh, result for the Portland Timbers. Um, seems as though they're just purely rolling off, like, good energy right now. Just the, the team is just flowing together really well. Seems like everybody's pretty happy, um, especially now that there's one one name missing from the uh, team sheet. Uh, who's that, Jacob? Alias Ivicic, Slovenian <laughs> goalkeeper. He, what's the what's the news around him? I'll let you drop this, you Ivicic lover. <laughs> we talked about this last week. How there was. He submitted his claim to the MLS Players Association. I pretty much said he was abused. I think uh, verbally, you know, by the Timbers. And pretty much how it went, apparently, was there was this article that came out and it said every time Ivic didn't start a game, he would complain and submit a trade request to the league which Ivicic denied. He said he only submitted one trade request this season. And he alleges that Timbers GM Ned Gravaboy said he has, he should change agents, which that kind of, I feel like is believable after the, the damage that Santi Moreno had with his agent and the MLS players association took this and then they suspended Ivicic because it came out that apparently he was verbally abusing staff members and training coaches at the Timbers practice facility. So it's been one just terrible PR stunt after another for this guy this season. I think his Timbers career is over at this point. Um, I hope we can recruit some money for it, but I think it's going to be more of like a termination or like a mutual like parting ways. Um, but honestly, I mean, not really disappointed to see him go. He had a good year last year. Actually, he was Timbers supporters player of the year last year. The the best player voted on by the fans of the team, which, all right. I Maybe he was good last year. You know, nobody else really had a great year, but you'll be, they'll be able to find a quality goalkeeper if they really want one. Bingham's all right. I mean, he's on a way lower budget and does not cause any off-field issues like Ivicic. The thing with um, the Timbers is I feel like every time they get a new goalkeeper or a goalkeeper steps into that spot, they have a stellar first year. I just saw this on Twitter. It was somebody saying, yeah, I want the Timbers to have a, a good goalkeeper for more than a season and a half, pretty much. Yeah, it's I feel, weird. I feel like Timbers just... <laughs> We treat goalkeepers like Chelsea treats managers. Like, <laughs> they'll get a new manager and they're just lights out for like a year. Not so much anymore. Um, 
But Timbers, like, if we just got a new goalie every year, we'd probably be set. So they started off with Troy Perkins. You remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. He was there, got traded midseason their second year. Then we had Ricketts, who was there for about... He was there about two years, actually. He won goalkeeper of the year for us, actually. He was good. And then he was gone. And then we got Kawarase. He won us a cup. Then he left the next year. Then we had Gleason. And he got DUIs. <laughs> and then he lost his job to the backup, Antonella. Well, Gleason, it was injury issues, remember? Because he, he ended up, after he left the Timbers, I think he came back with a lawsuit tried to sue the he club, tried to right? sue the training staff at the uh, Portland Timbers because they didn't like properly treat him or it was something along those lines I forget the story exactly but something that I think a few other Timbers players should do because we can't ever seem to keep our guys knees healthies but did you know Portland has the only women trainer <laughs> in MLS anyways after Jake Gleason uh, <laughs> we had Steve Clark and Jeff uh, Atnella rolled with them for a couple years and then uh Ivasic came in took the spot steve clark was still there kind of steve clark was there for a while about four years four years huh um now it's Ivasic and david bingham real quick who was our goalkeeper before we came to mls so 2009 2010 can you name one of the goalkeepers we had gleason was one he started he was with the team before mls right Nope. Josh Saunders. Nope. Is it somebody I would know? I believe he had some time in MLS. You probably would know him. Oh, man. Do you know what team he played for? Let me pull him up real quick, see if I can. uh, He won in uh, MLS Cup. Really? So here's his uh, (laughs) career path. He played for San Jose, then LA Galaxy, and then Portland, and the NASL and then DC United then Portland again then DC United and then he was without a club and retired in 2012 it was like a mini episode of who am I back in, so he didn't play for Timbers in the league no he came back it said when we were in the league but I don't think he had any appearances is he a coach now I'm not sure Okay, I can't think of it. I know the guy who you're talking about is a coach, Aiden Brown. That's what I was thinking. So he was there, but he only had one appearance that year. The The primary goalkeeper was Steve Cronin. Oh, I remember that name. Steve Cronin. He, uh, he was our goalkeeper for a couple of years in uh, USL and NASL. That's a deep pull right there. Wouldn't it be sick if the Timbers got a goalkeeper? Like, not saying like performance-wise, which although it would be great, but like an Andre Blake who's been at a club for like a decade and then comes over to the Timbers or we had a guy that stuck around for a decade. Somebody who's there for a decade and not just out the door after two seasons. Maybe uh, Diego Chara has a cousin or something that plays goalie. Maybe he has a kid old enough at this point. (laughs) Anyways, back to this week's action. Next up, Last game we'll cover, we're recording on Sunday, so we're going to miss the LAFC RSL game. And that currently is in the fourth minute, so we're not going to talk about that. But Vancouver hosting DC United and a 2-2 draw. Honestly, not a bad point for DC. I mean, 
they kind of need wins as well. We're talking about them. They're tied for points with Montreal. They're in 10th place, tied for 9th place. So win would have been huge, but they came back. I will I will say, I'll eat my crow a little bit. Brian White continuing to turn it up. I think since I said I'm not convinced and that he's like <laughs> not a cup-winning striker, which I still kind of think. Man, it'd be funny if Portland got knocked out by these guys now. But he has scored a lot of goals since then. Him and Ryan Gold, that one-two punch has been scary this year. Yeah, so I was trying to pull up real quick and see where he's at in the Golden Boot race. Um, Brian White is tied. So there's three guys tied for first place. Uh, Hani Mukhtar, Lucho Costa, um, and then uh, Giacomakis from Atlanta, all tied on 15. And then right after that, Brian White on 14 goals, tied with a handful of other guys like Dennis Buanga, Cucho Hernandez, Christian Benteke, not bad company to be around as a striker, honestly. So technically, if we're just going off goals scored, he's a top five striker in MLS. Okay. I won't bite. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. He, he's had a great year, you know. Um, he's, a, he's a solid striker. I think he, uh, I don't see him going anywhere either. I think Vancouver holds on to him for a while. You don't think he... I mean, he's kind of having a, speaking of which, a Brandon Vasquez-ish uh, trajectory. You know, he was on a different club in the league, was all right, kind of more of a depth piece, moves to a different club, comes that guy. He's scoring a lot. He's American. I think he gets a look at the national team or possibly some overseas interest. I don't think he gets a look at the national team at all. As As unfortunate as it is to say, like, I don't think Greg Bearhalter takes a second look at him, especially now with the, you have like Ricardo Pepe and then he does play um, with his son. You have Florian Balogun. Like those two guys, I think have locked down that nine spot. And so then you look at Josh Sargent playing out of his mind in the championship. Um, and then Greg Bearhalter is going to have some left field shout for a terrible player like Haji Wright or, uh, who was that other guy that just recently played with them in their last set of games that was a terrible striker? For the national team? Yeah, I can't remember his name. He Va- was- Vasquez kind of got a look. I mean, Jesus Ferreira's been there, obviously. I can't remember. It was like his first like real shot with the national team. He had the opportunity to play for Mexico, and he chose us instead. Oh, the guy remember. for Club America? Yeah. I can't remember his name. I thought he was more of a winger. I think he played through the middle, but he was terrible. Anyways, yeah, I don't think um I don't think uh, old Greggy B takes a second look at Brian White. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I obviously one and two is locked down with Pepe and Balogun. I don't even think Sargent's comfortably number three. I mean, he hasn't scored for the national team in over four years and he's I mean, people knock on, like, Jesus Ferreira for scoring against the minnows of CONCACAF, but Sargent can't (laughs) even score against Cuba or St. Vincent or any of these teams. I think it's not wide open, but I think a chance could open up for a a late Brian White or a Brandon Vasquez or something like that. I would take a Brandon Vasquez over a Brian White 
Agreed. Personally, I think he fits with the team a bit better, and he's been around them a little bit. Brian White hasn't even been there yet. Um, do you see the goal scored? Uh, Mateus Klitsch had a nice volley from outside the box to level this game. I think I saw a highlight of it on Instagram. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, point of piece. So that'll wrap up the week. Solid week in MLS. Chugging along. Almost at the playoffs. It's crazy. Almost at the playoffs, which means we're at season one of the MLS Net Boys is coming to a close soon. Close close to being there. I, we haven't really talked about this yet. We, so we're, we're going to call this season one. Season, you know, 2023 of MLS is season one. We're going to do a little bit of uh, off-season stuff. What are we going to call that? Because we can't call it season two. Season 1.5, one and a half. I, I was thinking, I was just assuming. Yeah, we haven't talked about this at all. This is all <laughs> inside of our brains right now. I was thinking we kind of continue into the off-season, maybe do a few more episodes, do wrap-ups of the league, the seasons, teams, or whatever. And then at some point in the off-season, we'll kind of shift gears and it'll be more like maybe halfway through the off season. It'll be from season one, season two. I was thinking more like Lion King one, and then they had Lion King one and a half, and then Lion King two. See, I would be down. (laughs) I would prefer to do that, honestly, over anything else. But the podcast uploading service, you have to put in the season's number, and it's just a click down Uh, box. We can't just do... I don't, off, the off season. The, I, don't, the, I don't think we can point five it, unfortunately. The hidden files. Anyways, that wraps up this week's uh, MLS action. Um, some other news that dropped this week that we were kind of were all waiting for. Some of us were hoping, uh, you know, for some good news. Some of us were hoping that it was going to turn out poorly. But the Seattle Sounders rebranded. And uh, there's been some mixed opinions, even between Jacob and I, on their new badge. What are your thoughts on this badge? Sounders, 50th year anniversary, and they decided it was time for a scrap, you know. Their classic badge, the rave green, they call it, with uh, the crest. And it was a weird shape, but they had a space needle to the Seattle Sounders. They simplified the heck out of this thing. They opted for a slightly different shade of green. The blue is much more heavily featured, but it's pretty much just an outline silhouette of the Space Needle, and it says 1974 for their inception year of their club. I don't think it's terrible, but I prefer the original logo. I'm a Timbers fan, so this might sound like a being a hater, but the new logo is good. I'll say that. I just think the original logo was... Probably top three in MLS, honestly. I think it was one of the best logos in the league before. The thing I like about the new logo, I'm I'm in favor of it. I like it. Um, the the new logo is it's a lot more simple. The first logo had too many layers. Like I don't know if you really remember, it had like the band over the front that said Seattle Seattle Sounders. I don't mind that. And then it had like a badge in its own that had the. Uh, the space needle and then there was like a blue badge underneath that so there was like three layers to one badge which i always thought looked a little weird like i like badges that are pretty much simple just like one badge and then you do everything that you want within that badge 
Um, that's kind of why I like the new one a little bit better. It definitely was a busy logo. I'll say that. And a lot of times, I don't really like that. But for the, for some reason, it just worked for me. I don't know. I'm looking at it right now still, the old one. And it's just classic. Like, I just... I recognize instantly Seattle. There's only a few teams, I feel like, that have somewhat of a a big presence outside of America, outside of the soccer community, even. And Seattle's one of those teams I think people would know about. Now, the logo now, doesn't say Seattle Sounders or anything like that, which I don't hate, but I look at that logo, and it feels like something I would see like if I was at the Space Needle and they were selling merch. Like, to me, it just feels like generic Seattle merchandise, which maybe people like that. The thing I think I like about it is when you... I think about it more... I guess the logo by itself, if you just have it on paper or, like, on a sign or something, not as exciting as the previous one. I think it's a lot better in terms of designing, like, merch. Like, designing, like, a jersey. You could... I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm personally a fan of, like, teams that kind of, like, alter the color of their badge to, like, match the jersey if they're going with a different color. Yeah, I think that's smart, usually. And I think with this more just, like, silhouetted version, they could go, if they wanted to do a black kit, they could black out their um, their badge. Or if they wanted to go green, they could, you know, go with their traditional colors. If they want to go white, they could change it. Um, I think it's easier to do cool good-looking merch that people could wear all the time not just jerseys even like shirts and whatnot thing i dislike sometimes about soccer merch is when the badge is like i don't know sometimes i want to wear like a soccer shirt and not have it be like screaming out like seattle sounders or portland you know what i mean like i think it it simplifies it and it's a little more kind of quiet it's not as loud I agree, and that's what I was reading online a bit when people were discussing this, that this makes it easier for putting it on stuff that, like you said, it was like a badge inside of a badge, so it kind of fit awkwardly probably on some stuff. I don't know. I just think the old one was better, personally. The new one's not bad. I will... I don't know. It's good. I will say it's good, but like I said, to me doesn't really scream like a soccer team and I, i'm just not a fan in general of the whole minimalist movement for soccer or football badges juventus changing to that big j i thought was silly that man, one was terrible the man city logo the new one that's not really minimalist i guess but i don't know i don't like when clubs kind of stray super far off from their original badge that's like their soul this one didn't really go that much off base the space needle still the main piece of it so honestly in terms of a rebrand i would give it like a b minus i personally i love the the more simplified badges but i think it's a fine line you have to walk like the juventus one horrible chicago fire horrible uh when you look at good ones though like seattle i think they did it well Timbers did it very well when they kind of simplified their badge a little bit. Um, and I mean, we'll talk about some other badges in the league, but one that to me that has been simple for a long time and it makes it, we were discussing it before we started, it makes it hard to rebrand is Orlando. Just a purple badge with a gold lion head in it. Yeah. I, For me though, 
it's solid simple. badge. It's, it's simple. simple. It's a simple badge. Their last one, I think this is an upgrade because it was pretty close, but there was like three lion heads. And yeah, that one was weird. And they did it. It was kind of interesting reading about this because people were talking about this when they actually it was because they were playing Miami and they were kind of Orlando fans were making fun of Miami for not having a history and Orlando was talking about their old badge. So when they joined the league, this is what I read. They couldn't keep their old badge from the lower level. They wanted to keep it over, keep the same stuff, which is, I think that's kind of cool in a way. I didn't, wasn't the biggest fan, but they were told they had to make a new badge. So they simplify it. They take away two lions. They put it on a shield, (laughs) but their first Jersey, they have their original logo, like on the inside of the Jersey, like where you fold it. So it's like anybody who bought that original MLS kit, they have like a piece of their old club with them still. So I think that's awesome. That's really cool. I didn't know that actually. Um, but anyways, not to just skirt away from the Orlando love because I'm not an Orlando hater. Um, I kind of wanted to dive into it. I threw this to Jacob yesterday. Um, there's been a lot of bad rebrands in MLS and, uh, I kind of wanted to dive into it and then maybe put a spotlight on some teams that we think could have a rebrand rebrand as well. Um, maybe even, you know, discuss some of the, the positive rebrands, but as you know, I like to burn some bridges, focus on some negatives here. So let's get the positives out of the way first. Biggest positive rebrand. We talked about this before we started. DC United. <laughs> you want to each do one? Yeah, we could each do one. I'll, I, am I stealing yours by going with DC? You can go DC. DC United. For anybody who doesn't know, their badge didn't change drastically. Um, but when <laughs> if you look up DC United's old badge from the original MLS days, I don't know if we're going to get flagged for saying it, but like it looks like it belongs on like the third Reich, the third Reich, like uniform, like world war two, bad guy, like any video game. Like you were talking about, like when you play like call of duty or games like that, you could, they could use, they don't use the main logo, the swastika. They use that alternative (laughs) Nazi logo, but yeah, it just looks like a, like a patch you would see on like a Nazi like soldier or something. It looked terrible. And I mean, back then, obviously, it wasn't as like, I think during that era of just MLS and like society, people wasn't at like the forefront of their mind as much as it is now. But I think if you had a logo like that now, people would probably be like, whoa, yeah, this does not look good. Just like the art style, the design of it, it looked rough. Yeah. And they've kind of had three logos over the years. First was that one. And then they kind of slimmed it down a little bit and it was the same bird hawk thing it's an eagle what am i talking about it's an eagle and it's like a red and black badge so very patriotic you know it's dc the capital of the nation 2015 they they pretty much took the eagle and made that the centerpiece put it over this shield and they kept the colors they kept everything this is like a rebrand done correctly to a t yeah i i love this and i I love that they kind of implement the eagle into the shape of the badge. Like, they aren't layering it. It's just, like, it kind of adds a little flair on the side of the badge, and I think it looks really nice. It adds depth to it. It's, like, simple. 
they've got the name on there you know it's soccer team this is like it's not my favorite badge but it might be my favorite rebrand just because of how well done it is i would personally agree. i would agree who do you got for a good rebrand you're going gonna, with the columbus crew <laughs> I would have if they kept their middle, if they kept their first rebrand, I guess. Columbus Crew had the three guys standing in front of like a, they were like blue collar guys wearing hard hats, the crew. It was all right. You know, weirdly, Ryan thinks that was like the greatest badge, like one of the best badges ever. He always talks about that badge. And I think because he used it in career mode or something. I think it was all right. That, so that's not that wasn't their middle one. That was their first one. The middle one was like that circle that had like Columbus Crew going around the edges and had ninety six like in the middle yeah. or something. So that's what I mean. So the original badge. Oh, was, oh, you're saying the middle one was their best? I think the middle one was the best. The original one, it's all right. It was different. I'll give it that. I think the middle one was perfect. Yeah, that little checkerboard circle thing that's like the flag of Columbus, I believe, but. It's simple. It looked like a soccer team. It's a little generic, but it's better than what they have now. A stupid... Just a C. A C. That's it. Which was funny because... Did you know Like they originally put it out and it had like a, a triangle in the bottom right corner and then they revised it and they added that 96? Yeah, and they... like That's their big revision after dropping that on people and everybody's like, what the heck is this? Like You're like, whoa, whoa, wait, guys. We're going to fix it. Well, and they just put a tiny like ninety six in the bottom corner. And part of the <laughs> part of the outrage too was they dropped the crew name from the thing. It was mm-hmm. Columbus SC instead of the Columbus Crew. Which, I mean, I think they just did this because they survived the Save the Crew movement when they were being looked at a relocation, and they got through that period. They got through COVID, and they opened that new stadium. And this is like the same year. They wanted to change the name a little bit and change the badge because they got this really nice stadium. Unnecessary for me. Original was great. What I was going to say, though, San Jose Earthquakes, It's if you look at their logo now, it's basic. It's a shield. It's a soccer ball in the middle. It's quakes on the, bo- or on the top, and it's got this little, not checkerboard, but a lined pattern, but... It's a huge upgrade for me because the original logo was really like early 2000s MLS, which I'm not a hater of, but this just looked like youth soccer team, like U11 rec league soccer. It's just their old logo just said San Jose Earthquakes in really big font, and there's just a big white generic clip art soccer ball with like weird lines coming out of it the new one looks modern and fresh i was gonna say i don't know if this is a hot take i don't like when clubs put like a soccer ball in their logo i think it looks like kind of tacky i i generally agree i think there's a few small examples of teams who can get away with it i will say the old new england revolution one where they have like the soccer ball is like it's like an American flag, but the soccer ball is like the stars. Oh, yeah. That was kind of cool. It was. I'm glad they rebranded, but I think that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. The San Jose one is huge. And this is an example of, like, not super modern, like, minimalistic, but, like, simplifying the logo, making it more modern, and just 
easy. I like that they just go with the simple just quakes instead of earthquakes. Um, it just looks nice. It's a nice, simple logo. And it's another one, too. I think a lot of clubs, you see this, when they go to a new era of the club, maybe it's a stadium, uh, new kits, new identity, they do all of this around the same time. This is when they open that new stadium and kind of, yeah, puts puts the different eras of the team into perspective, which I think is cool as well. Shall we get on to some bad ones? Some bad rebrands? Yes, and I think I know what you're going to say. I, mean, I got a, I got a one out of left field here. All right, I, first one up I have um, Montreal. That was the one I was going to say, actually. <laughs> Go for it. Club de Foot Montreal in 2021 decided they were going to they're going to rebrand and they're not going to be... They used to be Montreal Impact, which was a cool MLS name. It's unique. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, I didn't really like their old, like their 2010 to 2021 logo. Not my favorite. It seemed a little too busy going on. Like, I I don't know. I just had too much. I don't understand, like, the significance why so many clubs, they'll just, like, they have a badge and they're like, we need to fill in space, put random colored stripes and stars and stuff in there. Like I'm sure there's significance to it for the stars and whatnot. Um, but they decide to rebrand and they go, they go ahead and just put a black circle with, it looks like just like a snowflake. But if you look closely, it's made out of like a bunch of M's for like Montreal, but it's just like a snowflake in the center of a black circle um, and then it says Club de Foot Montreal on both sides of it, top and bottom. And the outrage around this was so intense that they only had it for a year and then they rebranded again. I think this is worse than the Chicago one. That's what I thought you would bring up. Honestly, I'll disagree. I The first badge, minus the Timbers, probably my favorite in league history. I don't know why. When they had this and they had those black and blue striped kind of like Inter Milan looking jerseys, it was so different for the league. I think the name was cool too, the Montreal Impact. It's like memorable. It sounds cool. Club de Foot just sounds like a joke to me, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty silly. Um, but yeah. How about that new one though? The new one's okay. I, it's like weird like I said again it's like they're doing like they tried to combine their old shield like their old badge with the new one because they they have a circle and then like they have a smaller circle in the middle and then they put the shape of their old badge in the center with I don't know what that thing is I forget what it's called but isn't it it's like a weird French symbol it's a French symbol it's like the same like logo for like the the Saints or something like the NFL team but um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I think they could do it with another rebrand and do it well. <laughs> um, but I think they're probably going to fans aren't mad at them. I think they're just going to hold on to this one for another decade. Montreal cannot seem to get the, the aesthetics, right? Remember they, they had their kit this year as well, delayed yeah. like months because they did something wrong apparently. And it's a shame because black and blue is like easy colors to work with you could do so much with that but they just haven't done it very well there's so many yeah exactly and this is such a unique club they're french speaking canadian and when you watch their games when you see their crowd their stadium it's like a real like 
different feel. It's like definitely more European. It's one of the cool things about MLS. You have the more Hispanic style supporters group. You have classic American. You got like this, which is like more European. Yeah. And definitely, they just, they just kind of fumble it over and over again. It's a it's a real bummer. Um, but I mean, hopefully they stick with this one for a little bit and they just you know one step at a time they get their kit right and then maybe they can move on from there but since i stole yours do you have another one or do you need me to throw i mean i got multiple i could throw out there in terms of a bad rebrand i think chicago fire isn't great honestly i wasn't the biggest fan of their original badge so when they were redoing it wasn't that bad for me their secondary one with that weird fire crown thing i didn't really hate but it just looked really low budget honestly it looked like a clip art sort of high school multimedia project you know what's funny about that one is i could see charlotte doing that same exact thing as their rebrand one year (laughs) it's just it's just really forgettable for me honestly you don't like the og chicago i don't dislike it i just it's not that bad or it's not it wasn't that good for me um the one they have now it's like a blue and white and red city of chicago flag colors it's all right it just looks like a baseball team i'm gonna go columbus crew i think they had a decent logo updated it to a great logo and then updated it to a terrible logo (laughs) i would agree i would agree columbus is a has been a rough one and it's pretty unique honestly I like I wouldn't mind it for like a different team it's got a weird shape it's different but when you regress I think that's the problem exactly exactly so in terms of other teams just looking at the, the, the badges around the league I've got a couple in mind but I'm curious about you who do you think is due for a rebrand not necessarily by timeline or you know it's not like they've had this logo for too long who do you think could use a rebrand? Like a refresh? Yeah, I've got a couple I could throw down. I know we said we're not going to count them, but I'm going to say the Red Bulls. <laughs> I, I think if they leaned, if they ended this partnership, and this is multiple level, like... <laughs> the biggest here. rebrand ever. <laughs> but if they went back to the Metro Stars, like, that was a solid... The like, Metro Stars had a really cool um, badge. I, I would agree. I would agree. They went back to that. Even a throwback jersey, like something like the modern, they kind of make it more like a Gotham, like Batman, superhero-ish type of name. I would just love to see that. That'll probably never happen, honestly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That that one's maybe a little bit out there. Um, For me, I've got a couple, I mean... One that I think is a little boring that could use a refresh is FC Dallas. They've had the same logo for quite a while now. Not a bad logo by any means. Um, but I don't know. I think there's... there's Just a little a generic of, looking. There's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, they could, you know, have a little bit more of a throwback. You saw it with their jersey this year, like to the Dallas Burn. I think that would be really cool. Um, and it's tough because you kind of have to have... At least for Dallas, it feels like you have to have that bowl like on there. They've only had two logos in their whole history. The Dallas Burn logo and then the one they currently have now. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Yeah, I can see it. I mean, it's a very Texas logo, which I think is good. I think they, mm-hmm. they lean into that well. You're right. I think something with the bowl, same colors, that's one that you don't need to tweak a ton, honestly. They can just yeah. simple it down, and I think it would look really clean. I threw this at you before we started, and it would probably be too much for a jersey, but I think a, a sick Dallas logo would be like a Bulls, like Skull. Like you've seen, like you see it a lot with like random, seems like Texas stuff, but like that straight on view of like the horns out and then like the skull coming straight down. If that was like the outline of their badge and then they had everything inside of it, I think that would be pretty cool. But like I said, that'd probably be a little bit too much for a jersey. Yeah, I agree. I think Colorado as well could use a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Every, every time we talk about anything being changed in the league, Colorado comes up. <laughs> they could do a lot, honestly. Colorado's a an interesting state. There's a lot of nature. They've got the Rocky Mountains. They could do something big with the mountains and the skyline, and it could be nice. But what do you think about their previous logos? Because they... So they had one right before this, 2002 to 2007. Kind of looked similar to like the Montreal one, just a circle. It had a soccer ball in the middle with like a star around it. Their OG logo, though, I like it even though it looks like a high school athletics like logo. You know, it's like a, so it says Colorado and then, you know, kind of arching over some mountains and then across the mountains as rapids and then below that there's some water rapids that are going right across the the bottom of the words there i see that one and i think that's a cool logo and if they could redo it and make it look a little bit more modern not like something you'd see like your high school athletic trainer wearing on like a plain gray like hanes t-shirt or something uh, (laughs) i think it would be cool it wasn't my favorite personally, but like something like that where they incorporate the nature aspect of the state. That's what a lot of people know when they think of Colorado. Yeah, um, exactly. And the colors are great. Those are some, in my opinion, those are some of the best colors in the league. They're different, at least in terms of MLS. Just even if you Google like Colorado Rapids, like redesigned logos, there's a lot of interesting stuff. You can make a simple snow-capped mountain design and put the logo there and do something to incorporate the nature. You can do it well without kind of copying the white caps ish style, I think. So I'd agree. I'd agree. I have one more to throw at you or I have a couple more, but I'll throw this one at you first. Real Salt Lake. Their logo has looked essentially the same for as long as I can remember. I I mean, since 2005, They've changed it in very minor ways, but it essentially is just like been the same logo. And then before they had the word Real above it with like a crown on top of uh, one of the letters. But I think there's so much more potential for this club. I I don't know. I don't know exactly what you would do, but it's just to me, it seems like a boring logo. Like we talked about kind of with Colorado, they have nice colors. They have an exciting like you could do a lot with like gold, a nice deep red, and like a deep blue. It is very, I can't think of very many teams that have that. And their name is kind of goofy, but like it gives like a <laughs> royal, like kingly, like aesthetic. They've got the crown in there. I, I don't dislike it, honestly, but I agree. I think something fresh, something different. Once again, if you Google this, there's all sorts of like cool stuff that will come up and 
something that's a little like more like kingly, I guess. Like I think taking that crown, one of those ones you just showed me has it, but taking the crown off right now, it just has RSL kind of the letters are linked together and there's a crown right above the letters. I think taking the crown off the letters and putting it on top of the badge would be a good start. That would look pretty cool. Um, and then maybe introducing something else into the badge, but that was the last one I had. Did you have any more? Oh, I have one more I could throw out there. I didn't know if you had any though. Those are all my grievances. My last one I'll throw out before we wrap up today, Toronto FC. It feels like they're in a moment in their history where they need to just start over. And I think a rebrand would be a good way to kickstart that. Their logo to me is just, it's just atrocious. I don't like their logo at all. It's just a big T in the middle of like blank space. Like there isn't much around it really. It is kind of a nothing burger and they've had it for so long. My fear is if they change anything, it's not even the greatest logo. I don't hate it, but if they change anything about it, the fans are going to upright and like if they change the fundamental look. They kind of have a little maple leaf, but I wouldn't have even known that unless I was looking really closely at it because of this segment, honestly. So, I agree. What do you think they do, though? Lean more into the maple leaf? They, I mean, don't they have that giant tower there that's kind of like a better version of the Space Needle? They do, yep. They could do something like that. That's what I was thinking. In place of the T, instead of a giant T, I think they could do something like that. I don't even know the name of that tower. Um, the they CN could do something tower. along that line. The what? The CN Tower. The CN Tower. They could do something along that line. Um, there's like a little mock badge here that's shaped like a maple leaf with that tower like in the middle of it. They could do something along that line. I don't know. I think they have a lot of potential because Toronto is a huge city that has so many different like notable things about it. They're a big club too big club um but i think this is the perfect time for them to explore the opportunity of a rebrand have you seen those they could put the italian national flag just (laughs) right in the center of it have you seen those little youtube short segments they're kind of like fun little soccer football games where they'll have people guess like the sports team or the the soccer team by the badge but they like take out the words out of it Mm -hmm. if you took out toronto fc out of that badge you have no idea what that is, <laughs> honestly. I mean, if you were lucky, yeah. you could maybe guess Toronto, but it doesn't really scream. Like, there's there's a few clubs, I think, in MLS where you can look right at it and you could generally know the team. You could kind of know where they're from, like the landscape of the area. Seattle's obviously got their Space Needle. That's recognizable. DC's got their Eagle. Dallas has... The bull, Portland has the the axe for for the timber and tree cutting. LA Galaxy's got the star for the City of Angels. Like Toronto's is just red and it's got a weird <laughs> pixel maple leaf that you can't really tell what it is. It's red and it just feels like there's a big T and then blank space in the middle, so And the T you can't even really make out unless you're like kind of intentionally looking for it too, I feel like. Pers- I I don't even know if I noticed that T, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just a a poor logo in my opinion, and I think they have good potential to do something different there. What do you think about 
one more. I'm not really, I'm not really a hater, but I don't really love it. The Houston Dynamo rebranded logo. I think this is exactly like what you said with Chicago. It looks like a baseball logo to me. Same with New York City FC. Like those three just look like they belong on a baseball hat. I'd agree. All right. Take off your Portland Timbers hat and glasses and jersey and number sweatpants. one in the number one in the league, best logo ever in the world. What's the best excluding <laughs> Portland? <laughs> excluding Portland, we talked about it a little bit. I really like the Nashville logo. I think Nashville is a pretty sweet logo, actually. It's it's simple. It's cool. Um, it's supposed to kind of mimic like sound waves or something to do with like Music City. Um, I think their logo is pretty awesome. I'd put it up there as like number one, maybe number two behind the Timbers. I really like Miami actually, but I'm not going <laughs> to go for them. <laughs> so I literally told you right before we started this, that I didn't like Miami. I think it's just the flamingos in the middle. Really? I think the flamingos just make it look tacky. It's like when people think MLS is like this, Mickey like Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Cardinal. McDonald's, like Burger King league. And they see, like, arguably the most recognizable team from our league now. Like, biggest team in our league. And it's just, like, a black and pink badge with, like, a flamingos back-to-back on it. I think that just kind of confirms that it's, like, seems like almost like a joke. See, I'm the opposite. The only critique I'll say is it's, like, three logos in one. There's, like, a shield inside of a circle inside of a bigger circle. If they just had that shield in the middle with the Miami and the the Herons, the Flamingos, that might be the best badge in the league to me, honestly. I I like the Flamingos. I think it's different. It's cool, it's pink. But I was going to I wasn't even counting that one. I think Vancouver Whitecaps is solid. You do not see a badge shaped like that anywhere else in the world pretty much. Vancouver does have a pretty sick badge actually. I I would agree with that. Their their badge like like you said the if you were to look at like one of those games where they take the name out and they take any identifying thing, just the shape of that badge would tell you what team it is. Pretty sick, and it's kind of cool because you wouldn't tell you wouldn't be able to tell this at first glance, but when you look at it more, it looks like a mountain range, right? And that's the Whitecaps. That's really cool. Pretty sweet. Good stuff. You know, Cascadia in general has three pretty up there badges in terms of the league, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about it because we're both Timbers fans, but I think Timbers have a super solid badge. Just simple, um, you know, I don't know how you would rebrand it any other way um, other than if they took the circle away or if they changed the shape of it or something, what was behind the axe. I think that would maybe be a cool way to do it. Yeah, and you mentioned that to me about if they just had the axe maybe on like a secondary kid or like I wouldn't hate that, but I just don't think you could beat the way it is now, personally. What about if that circle behind it instead of just being like green with lines, if it was like designed to look like a log slice? I thought that's what it kind of was supposed to be in theory. I mean, it doesn't really, but I don't know. It depending on how they do it. I think it would be interesting. They had some kind of lines to look like a wood grain in there. 
think that would look kind of cool, but that would be getting have to pretty, make it pretty kinda, busy. They'd have to make it kind of brown then at that point, right? Or else it'd look kind of weird. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, I think it would be cool to do a different shape behind the axe as well. Try something like that would be cool. I'd be all for merch and stuff with stuff like that. Secondary logos. We didn't even talk about it, but the Sounders logo... When they introduced it, they had two secondary logos. One's a little flower. I forget what it is. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be something about Seattle-esque. The other one is an orca whale with a soccer ball that is a throwback to their like NASL or USL jerseys. And it's super cool, honestly. And I don't know if they'll be able to use it for a different jersey, but I think that would be great on a second kit. I think stuff like that, second and third kits, that's what they're made for. So I'd love to see other teams embrace like a an alternative logo for special occasions. I would agree. I would agree. Going back to the Timbers real quick before we end the podcast, the only rebrand I could see them really doing where they really shake things up, and I'm curious what your thoughts would be, is if they did two axes that made like a cross, like a like an X. I wouldn't be opposed, but I think once again, more of a secondary thing would be cool. Cause I think they kind of did that for like the stand together. Like mm-hmm. it's like a Timbers charity week pretty much. And they have two axes that are kind of like a cross. Yeah. Or an X. I'd have to see it like in action, but I think that's a good idea. I think for merch. Yeah. Or like a secondary thing on a badge. I would be um, kind of sad for if a they primary took that. one. That would be disappointing. Yeah. I'd be sad if they took that away or regular badge. I would agree. Anyways, should we start wrapping this up? Get into some match predictions this week. I don't know how long we've been recording, but it feels two like hours been here for a while. Yeah, <laughs> they just keep getting longer. Season, uh, season two, we're gonna be doing full Joe J- Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan like four hour episodes. Especially if we had producer Isaac on the get him on the mics. on the mics. <laughs> be even longer. Oh, man. I'm starting to realize why, like, most MLS podcasts don't break down every game that happened because it just leads, especially for, like, how we operate, it just leads to so many different, like, off-topic conversations. Well, it's tough because, yeah, unless it's a nil-nil, we don't really get into it. And I especially feel bad for the the Charlotte versus New England games, you know. Who else is talking about that, really? So Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's why we do it. Anyways... We got some games to predict. Jacob picked the games this week, and I think it's it's going to be some good ones. First up, we have the blockbuster that is Atlanta hosting the Columbus Crew. Who'd you put down? Atlanta United's at home. They're winning 2-1. I'm going the opposite. I think Columbus turns it around here. Wilfred Nance lights a fire under the boys. I haven't checked the injury report. So I don't know who's going to be missing for this game, but I think Columbus is going to squeak it out 2-1. You could you could pick the what's it called? Classic 11 in FIFA, that like unbelievable team, like prime Ronaldo, prime Messi. Doesn't matter who you line up against Columbus, Chase is picking them. You know what? Give me Darlington Nagby going back to his old team and just putting a dagger in their heart. Because I sure have felt that. I would like that. I would, I would like, like that, that as well. That'd be awesome. Next up, Orlando hosting the New England Revolution. 
Chase hates Orlando, so I'm going Orlando 3-1 at home. I hate Orlando, so I'm going Orlando 2-0 at home. <laughs> oh, man. I know you don't hate them, but it feels like every time I bring them up, you're like, yeah, they've been all right, but I don't know, man. <laughs> where I don't even know where I had them in uh, my season predictions, but I know I had them. I think I had them higher than you did, actually. I think you had them third, and I had them fourth if I recall, because I had Toronto because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't want to get into it right now, but I'm curious like where our season predictions are lining up with the table right now. One I know I'm bang on the money on is I pick Lucho Acosta for MVP, and that probably will happen. Too bad Messi came to the league. Just to sit out against <laughs> NYCFC. <laughs> has he scored a league goal? Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. He scored against uh, the yeah. Red Bulls. I think just looking at it, we went over this not too long ago. I would say your worst shout has to have been Toronto in third place. My worst shout has to have been LA Galaxy in fourth place. <laughs> that one I knew I was on the money with. Hey, you had Galaxy in ninth. Which I don't know why I... I had them in ninth? Okay. Well, yeah, I had them, ninth. I guess, barely squeaking into the playoffs, which could happen, but... Yeah, you were pretty spot on with those other ones, other than you had Vancouver down in 12th place. They proved me wrong. I had Vancouver in 13th, so I can't say much. (laughs) And you always talk positively about them. That's interesting. Real quick, last little little bit here before we end this week. This I I was going to ask you this last week actually, with Miles Joseph like doing so well for the Timbers. This is like shouldn't even I shouldn't even do this right before we end. Do you think the Timbers are like falling into like a Vanny Sartini? I wouldn't say trap because he's been good for them, but like Vanny Sartini came in, I believe it was like in August. So it was like they still had a good portion left. And I forget, I think it was like two years ago that he took over 2020, 2021, somewhere around there. Um, Put together a run of form. Next two years after that, pretty disappointing. Now they're starting to reap the rewards of giving this coach time to implement a completely different system than what Vancouver had before. You think Portland's going to have that same thing? Honestly, if it keeps up like this, I think he'll have a good shout. If he loses the next two games, for example, no, I don't think so. Um, The Extra Time boys uh, for MLS pointed out Pat Noonan, for example, amazing hire, right? Number two, heavily sought after. He had less experience than Miles Joseph does, actually. So it's interesting with those assistant coaches because it's like, when do you give him a chance? Because this, for example, he's right been in their organization. He's been with a lot of organizations, played in the league since it began. So, and he's done well. He's implemented a, a bit of a different play style and a fire in the team. I mean, how else would a guy like Robin Frazier or Noonan or Ezra Hendrickson is not a great example, but him as well. (laughs) And they were talking about Bradley Carnell, St. Louis coach. He actually was the Red Bulls interim manager when I forget who it was got sacked over there, but he took over, did decent, got them in the playoffs, and then they didn't take him. And then St. Louis got him, and now look how great they're doing. I would hate to see that happen with Portland and say I don't know Austin FC or somebody like that takes him and they put a tagging pieces around him 
So I think unless he really stinks out, it wouldn't bother me, honestly. And he's doing this too pretty much with one DP. He's had a Vander, and he's even been out the last two games. And Nia's Goda has been absent for multiple yeah. reasons this year. Um, and then is it Yimmy Char or is it Blanco? Either one of them hasn't been. I think it's Yimmy now, right? Yimmy and uh, Diego Char has been out as well, which has been even more impressive. So. so he's had a pretty depleted squad, honestly. So if they turn over those bad DP contracts and get some more talent, I think be scary next year. I wouldn't hate it. I, I would agree. I mean, he's he's changing the club culture, completely different play style. I love that he's getting, like, younger players like uh, Noel uh, Kaliskin, I think is his name, like getting him into the, the fray. Um, I, I would love to see him take over, honestly. I wouldn't be upset at it at all. Anyways, back to our match predictions. We got one more. <laughs> it is noticeably darker in this room now. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's 6.30 here, and I got here at, like, 3.30. It's been a solid day of talking MLS, chopping it up. Let's see where that uh that Cincinnati or that LAFC or whatever game is going on right now. <laughs> it's probably going to be done by the time we finish. <laughs> uh, last up, we got Dallas hosting San Jose Earthquakes. I'm going FC Dallas at home 2-0. I think they take care of business. I'm going to go 1-1. I don't see either of these teams... I think it's going to be a KG affair. I think both these teams are going to be kind of scared. Scared because they're really close in the standings. And 1-1 I think would be awesome for the Timbers. I'd take it. But it wouldn't really help either of these teams. wouldn't exactly hurt Dallas or San Jose too much um, other than the fact that they're just going to kind of both solidify that 8 and ninth spot. I was going to say, as long as they don't pretty much lose every game, mm-hmm. they'll probably make it i don't unless kansas city la austin win out which probably won't happen either. yeah yeah all the draw does is just kind of create more can. distance between them and the teams above them um doesn't necessarily hurt them you know with the teams below them i don't think skc or minnesota have what it takes to pass either of those teams up so i'm going one one that's another episode in the books episode 32 32. 32 in the books. Apologies for anybody who listened to episode 30 and noticed. (laughs) Hey, man, we don't apologize for nothing. And was (laughs) noticeably confused or disappointed about podcast quality. Yeah, sir, we decided to record with my uh, laptop microphone. (laughs) Me and Chase don't have a producer with us, and we we tested it. We listened back to it because the week before we did it completely fine without producer Isaac who's gone again we're changing stuff on the computer and I guess I accidentally put it on the output for the computer microphone <laughs> we listened back to a little test clip and we're like oh sounds fine <laughs> we don't have an ear for it at all Isaac Isaac would have just been like oh this 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 is wrong and like knew immediately after hearing like a quarter of a second of that Meanwhile, we're over here. Oh, there's sound. Like, <laughs> doesn't doesn't make a difference to us. We even noticed too the the little graph too. <laughs> the the sound bar was noticeably smaller than previous weeks. I thought you were just zoomed out or something. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyways, that's been it from us. Thank you all for listening. Eric Miller, come on the show. Hey. <laughs> Eric Miller, that would be a sweet pickup. Um, we officially have our first social media. We now have Twitter, so find us on Twitter. Leave us a review, please, except for that one guy who left us a two-star review on Apple. <laughs> I didn't notice that. You didn't tell me. Did he yeah. say anything on it? I wonder or? which one of our friends did that. <laughs> we only have one friend who listens, man. Yeah, I'm going to go take a trip down to California and find him. Anyways, thank you all for listening. As always, Keegan Hughes, come on the show.